maybe the idea that you need to change is really creating your problem. It's creating this idea that you're never gonna be satisfied, that you're never gonna be accepted at whatever it is that you're living. Now, the problem with just saying that is that it eliminates the need and the room for growth and learning and development that I think that we're all really looking for. Like at the end of the day, I truly believe humans were meant to grow, to learn, to become all throughout life. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to the podcast. My name's Alexa, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the place where I believe you were made for living well, which also means I believe everything you need to be healthy, you already have. It's just learning how to live it out. Now that might sound a little obscure because we're used to health that is external. It's in the form of chasing something, trying to achieve it, looking for the next best diet or the perfect plan. But I wanna flip the script and say, health is inside of you and it's learning how to support your body so that you can live that out. Now today in the podcast, we're gonna talk more about that, specifically how to change. In fact, the title of this podcast is Stop trying to change, it's what's making you stuck. Now again, I know this is like a backwards approach to the common thought regarding change, but I think you're going to find a lot of value from it. I know I've been writing a few emails to my list, which if you're not on the email list, you've gotta get on, all about change, because in the coming weeks, I have a four-part workshop that's called The Psychology of Change that's gonna walk you through this intimate mind-body connection and how to support your body so you can support your mind and how you can support your mind to support your body. Once you understand this deep-rooted connection and how to lift and healthify both of them up, you can see massive changes in your life. But anything outside of that is actually going to keep you stuck. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. But if you wanna learn more information about the workshop, head on over to thelivingwell.com and check it out. Again, it's four parts, all taught live. And again, it's gonna go into why change is hard, understanding the biological connection to change and how to actually create it. Plus at the end, I'm gonna give you a 30 day nourish challenge that's gonna hold you accountable while actually putting into practice the work that we're talking about. So you're going to wanna stay tuned for that. Again, you can find all of that at thelivingwell.com and sign up. But for today, I wanna talk about why change or trying to change could be keeping you stuck. I know, we all want to change and this feels a little dramatic at first, potentially. But I found myself questioning, if we want change so bad, why does it feel so impossible? So I've been a nutritionist for the past 15 years and Honestly, and my practice, what I found was that most people know what it takes to live healthy. You know the right foods, you know that you need to move your body. Like overall, we have a pretty good understanding of the foundation of what our body needs to thrive. Yes, we can get into nitpicky stuff like, should you eat carbohydrates? Are you eating too much? What about protein? Like, yes, that stuff matters. But what I found was, even if I gave people the exact specifics of what they should be doing, the chances of them doing it long-term were pretty slim. 
And it's not because they didn't want to. In fact, I think all of us on some level want to be healthy. The problem is, what is stopping us from actually creating the change? And I think it's understanding that there's a lot stopping us and that it's not always at your fault. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to shift the norm because sometimes when we just think, okay, I got to change or this book is telling me how to change, but I can't get myself to do it. When you don't do it, then you can start to believe that you're the failure, that you're the problem, that nothing's ever gonna change because of you. And you really just get yourself into this identity crisis that makes change even more impossible than it already is. So I want to release you from the pressure and the guilt and the shame that you might feel to say like, okay, I've wanted change for a long time. I even know what to do. I just can't get myself to do it. Here's what I want you to know. You're not the problem. The problem is how we've taught you to go about change and the way we've pushed you to run. The direction we're trying to shove you into changing is really preventing you or keeping you stuck. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So no matter what way you look at it, change is hard. No matter how much you want it or how hard you try, none of us have enough willpower to overcome the resistance that we're going to face whenever we try to change. And the reason we face so much resistance is because the absolute number one job of the body is to keep you safe and alive. And no matter how much we try to override the safety mechanisms of our body, we can no longer ignore them. Like you first and foremost have to understand that your body is not against you. It's just working to keep you safe and alive. The ultimate job of the body is to do this. Like if it didn't do that job, we would all die at a very young age because our childhood brains would have killed us by now, right? But your body does know best and it does know how to keep you alive. And one of the ways that it keeps you alive is by following repeated loops and patterns or a typical rhythm of your life. Just like internally, you have this homeostatic process that's going to help your body maintain a set temperature, blood pressure, heart rate, all of the functions of the body are running on some kind of homeostatic rhythm, a balance. Your body is constantly working to achieve this balance, and when it has balance, it feels safe, it feels secure, and therefore it can mobilize energy to be used to live. When our balance gets too far out of whack, like say, for instance, there's healthy ways that we can pull our body out of balance because it can create change. Like for instance, when you work out, you're going to naturally pull your body out of the homeostatic balance. You're going to raise your heart rate. You're going to increase your core body temperature, which means your body's going to start to sweat. It's going to start to breathe heavier. And in time, you might fatigue yourself to the point where you have to stop and rest and recover. Now, of course, if you exercise for any length of time, you can push through a lot of pain. And humans are capable of a lot, like way more than we give our bodies credit for. But in the average day, our body is still constantly working to achieve a state of homeostasis. And so it's going to do this by after the workout, you know, or during the workout, you're going to sweat, you're going to increase your heart rate. You're going to basically try to regain a sense of balance, even as you're pushing your body out of balance. Now, in an unhealthy state, we know that over-exercise, over-training, under-feeding, kind of stressing your body for a prolonged periods of time is going to lead to injury and illness. Why? 
because it's a protective mechanism to get your body to slow down or to force you to stop so that your body can heal. So we see this in all of life. Whenever our body is pushed out of its homeostatic balance for prolonged or frequent periods of time, it's gonna cause excess amounts of stress that's gonna cause the body to regain balance by pulling back in what you would consider an unhealthy direction, but what your body considers survival. So that's just like one brief look at how the body maintains a homeostatic balance. Now, I wanna be clear, it's important to push your body out of balance because in the pushing out of balance, your body's going to actually create the change that you're looking for. So it's not wrong to stress the body. Stress, in fact, is a really good thing. Your body was designed to handle it. It's always about how you're going to regain a sense of balance on the backside, which is really important to understand in all of change, not just physical, biological change that you're trying to exert, but mental change, uh, a relational change, financial change, any kind of change really can turn into a threat to your body. Again, because your body loves that homeostatic balance, even if it's unhealthy. And I think this is what's a little bit mind-boggling and hard to understand is that even if it's unhealthy, if the pattern has kept you safe and alive, your body is probably apt to repeat that because that's its normal. That's its metric or its measurement of safety. And so that's why people repeat a lot of patterns, unhealthy patterns that they don't love, that they want to change, that they hate even. And we go back to those time and time again, because that's been created as your homeostatic rhythm of your life. So say, for instance, why do you binge eat when you get home from work? Or why do you skip your morning workout? Or why do you say yes to every project? Or, or why do you do the things that you do? It's because you've created a homeostatic rhythm to your life. And that rhythm has kept you alive. And therefore, your body's going to deem it safe until you can create a new safe pattern for your body to engage with. Now, here's the point that I want to get at, is that our body is capable of change. It thrives in change, but it will only thrive there if it's a safe environment for your body to exist. And I think this is where we've gone wrong with change and why so often trying to change actually prevents us from actually changing. Not because your body can't handle the change, but because it's become such a big threat to your entire system, to your entire homeostatic rhythm, that your body just pushes it away and ultimately starts to re-engage with the activities that you hate, but have kept you safe. So I want to reiterate that over and over and over. Your mind, your body, everything that you do is looking for a sense of safety. And it will continuously repeat patterns that have kept you safe or that have prepared you for a threat. And therefore, that's kind of what you cycle through and live in and that's become your pattern. Which means the only way to escape it and to create change that you can actually maintain without fighting your body is to do it in a safe and positive way. And this is hard, not because it's actually hard, but it's hard because it's different than what we've believed or been taught. And sometimes changing our beliefs is the hardest part of getting healthy. It's to say, like, maybe what I believed about change is really stopping me from achieving it. And that's what I want to put on your radar today, is not to let this conversation or this idea or this way of change to be another threat in your life, because it's 
as soon as you say like, that can't be true, or I don't believe that, you automatically shut your body down and you're gonna fall right back into your old patterns. So I want you to just ponder this thought, these ideas that I'm going to give you, and really start to look at a bigger picture of what this could look like for you. Of course, we're gonna dive into the specifics of actually living this out at the end, but to get started, I wanna give you the top five reasons that you haven't changed. Again, they all relate to this level of, have you just pushed your body into an unsafe place? Has change become another threat on your life? And they always say we're creatures of habit for a reason, right? Because the habitual nature of our life is very safe. Our body knows what to do and how to stay alive there. And when we get into trauma patterns, which I have a podcast guest coming on next week that we're going to talk about more trauma patterns and why people engage with behaviors that were traumatic for them, right? Like why cycles repeat themselves in the next podcast episode. So we're going to get a little bit more specific to trauma, But in this case, I want to keep it a little bit lighter, a little bit more practical to what can I do right now to start creating the positive change that I'm looking for. But we are creatures of habit, and a lot of people hate change. And just the idea that you hate change is creating a narrative and a story that makes it impossible for change to ever be a safe place. So we really do have to create a new perspective and belief around change to change. But here's the top five reasons people won't change. We try to change too much too quickly. It's like this all or none approach. And I know some people really believe that that's what it's gonna take is like just hacking things off of their life, just eliminating them all together or just jumping into the deep end even if you don't know how to swim. And I understand it. Like my sister is always this. Like if I'm going to do it, I have to do it all the way. And I get this to a perspective or to a degree. Like I understand at some point you just have to rip the bandaid off and create these hard boundaries. But I want to be clear is, is what's safe for you is actually the boundary, not necessarily the big all or nothing change you're looking for. So the reason that that works is because you've set a boundary and boundaries are positive. They're safe. There's something our body craves and that we need to do. In fact, setting healthy boundaries is one of the best ways to actually create the change that you're looking for. But when we go back to the all or none mindset, without the healthy boundaries that you can establish in here, without the right perspective behind those boundaries, what happens is, is you jump in and you almost attach the change to your identity. You, you start to say things like, I'm never going to eat gluten again, or I'm never going to drink alcohol again, or I'm not going to do this, I'm never going to eat sugar again. We make these big, bold claims that are different than our normal way of life, especially if sugar or alcohol or carbohydrates have become a comfort to you you've started to attach the action with an emotion. And this is where things get a little bit trickier because as soon as we attach an emotion with the change that we're trying to create, we elevate the sense of safety and threat exponentially. Like we make it less about an action and we make it more about who we are. And when we make something about who we are, we allow shame and guilt to flood into the picture. And again, that makes things feel really unsafe and uncertain. 
So we raise our level of uncertainty, of unsafety exponentially whenever we attach our identity to the change that we're trying to make. And when we do this all or nothing mindset, I think a lot of the times we just open the door for this. We open the door to let ourselves fail because we attach a level of perfection to what we're trying to achieve. But perfection doesn't exist, especially not in health, and it doesn't exist in change because your repeated loops are so strong that there are going to be times when you're triggered and you will fall back into your old ways. The idea with change is not to create a sense of perfection. It's to create a sense of resiliency, meaning it's not about being perfect or doing this all the time, but it's about knowing how to regain balance or using the change that you're attempting or that you're working through to actually better your life, to make you stronger, not to kind of grapple with your your identity, not to like become another thing that you can beat yourself up with. So it's to say, this won't be perfect, but it's acknowledging the imperfection that I think you actually get stronger in this. We're gonna talk about this in the backwards law, which I talk about quite often here on the podcast. At least I do. If you're not familiar, I'll explain it. But I just wanna be clear again. The first reason why is because we try to do too much too quickly. And if you're someone who's ever jumped on a new diet, in the short term, you can probably maintain that. Like we all have some level of willpower and excitement that's gonna boost your energy and help you actually do that for a period of time. But at some point, you're gonna be faced with this reality that your new life that you're trying to create and your old life are going to collide. And it's almost like they're gonna start to compete and Almost always, your old lifestyle, the old patterns that have been established are going to beat the new ones that you're trying to work on. Why? Because we don't have the energy or the capacity to do all of the things all at once. It's a progression. It's slow things. And why I think we need to focus on habits, not goals. Which brings me to point number two. The second reason people have a really hard time changing is because they're so focused on the destination instead of the action that's going to get you to the destination. It's kind of like the new definition that I've created with health, that health is not a place that you arrive. It's not a number on the scale. It's not PRing in the next 5K. It's not the size zone in the waistbands of your pants. Those can all be a side effect of health. But health is really just an action. It's the production of energy that allows you to live vibrant, fulfilled, healthy, energized, all the things that you're looking for. It's what you do. That's what health is. And we look at change. A lot of people use the metric of where they want to go to be the judge of how much they've changed, right? Progress has not been where you were to where you currently are, it's usually defined as where you are to where you wanna go. Like it's how far left is there in the span of space between where you currently are, the place that you hate, and the place that you want to get to where you ultimately feel like you've arrived. And, and that span, the more we focus on that, the more we're going to feel defeated because that's really not, the goal of progress, right? Like that's not the goal of change. Change is just to become better, to grow, to learn, to expand. It's not an arrival. So let me clarify this with the backwards law. 
I want to bring to mind a pink elephant. And this is just the demonstration or what they consider the effect of the pink elephant. So if you think about a pink elephant for just a brief moment. Okay, now I'm going to tell you, stop thinking about the pink elephant. Like really try to get yourself to stop thinking about the pink elephant. Okay, how did it work for you? I mean, I didn't give you a long time and maybe a pink elephant is not something as kind of emotionally impactful in your life as maybe your body weight is or the number on the scale. But the backwards law essentially states that the more you try to stop doing something or the more you try to achieve something, the less likely you are to actually do it. So when I tell you to stop focusing on the pink elephant, what you're really doing is you're focusing on the pink elephant. If I tell you to stop focusing on your weight or to stop focusing on your diet, or maybe it is to start focusing on the end goal of what weight you want to get to or what size you need to be in, what happens is you put more emphasis into the thing that you hate. So like if you want to weigh 155 pounds, what's that gonna do? If you're gonna weigh 155 pounds, the backwards law would say the only way to get there is to stop thinking about what you wanna weigh and to start putting your effort and attention into what is actually going to help you get there. Because the more you focus on your weight, the more obsessed you're gonna become about the number that you are and the less likely you are gonna feel the progress of change that you're creating, which is really going to create the energy to continue. You miss the pleasure and the change because you're so focused on the problem, which you just give energy and attention to grow. Okay, I kind of feel like I'm talking in circles here. So let me just back up and say, the backwards law states that the more we pursue something, the more we achieve the opposite of what we truly want and the more disappointed we'll feel. And I think this is a big reason why I really want you to start focusing on health as the action and not the outcome. Yes, you can set goals, they're important, but the more you focus on your end goal, the less likely you are to actually achieve it because you start to focus on the problem. You start to focus on the span of space between where you are and where you wanna be, and that becomes overwhelming and defeating, and it turns into a threat, which actually spirals your body in the opposite direction, leading to you to do more unhealthy things. So the backwards wall would say, stop thinking about what you want, and you're more likely to get it. And that's kind of where I'm going with this idea of change. The more attention you give to your destination is the more attention you're going to give to your problem and the lack that you feel and the more frustrated you're going to become and the more likely you are to spiral back into your old patterns, keeping you stuck. So instead of focusing on the goal, focus on the habit. Instead of focusing on the outcome, focus on the action. What can you do that's going to help you to achieve the goal, put more attention into that and less into the arrival. Which leads right into number three. The number three reason that people can't change is because they've put so much focus on their problems that they give it energy and attention to grow. Now, the way the mind works is, is that in order for a thought to capture your attention, it has to have enough supporting evidence to kind of grow legs to stand, to actually become something that can capture your attention. We think things all day long. Things are constantly coming through our mind. 
but only the things that have supporting evidence that feel like a threat that are something that you want to focus on are the things that are actually capturing your attention. Now, once it has your attention, you can feed it or you cannot. Only the things that you feed grow. Uh, this is kind of like ideas. I can't remember the exact quote, but the best way is something like the best way to kill an idea is to stop giving it any attention, right? Like if you just stop putting any attention into it, it's just going to die. It's not going to exist. The only things that exist are the things that we give attention and time. And when we look at our brain, I think one of the things that we have to be aware of is sometimes we're giving so much attention to the things that we want to change that we're actually preventing ourselves from changing because we've given all of our energy and attention to the things that we don't like, which have only allowed them to become bigger problems. So let's say for instance, maybe you want to change your body weight or you want to change the way that you look. When you look in the mirror or you start to slur negative insults at yourself, what you're really doing is you're just giving that attention. You're giving the negative parts of you that you don't like attention. And when you give it attention, it's gonna grow. It's gonna become a bigger problem. And what that does is it just leaves you circulating in the problem. You start supporting the problem rather than supporting the solution. So we really have to be careful about what are you focusing on? Are you constantly focusing on your problems? Because if you are, your problems will never go away. Whatever you give attention to, you give energy to grow. So one of the ways to change is to understand what is it that you want to change? What action do you want to take? And how can you put more emphasis and focus on that solution, on doing the thing that's actually going to help you change and less on the problem? Again, it's kind of like the backwards law. Like stop focusing on the things that you want to get rid of. Stop focusing on the things that you want to try harder at. Like it's only stopping you from actually achieving it. And the number four reason kind of leads into this one too. They kind of all stack together is that we make change an issue of our identity. And whenever we make something an issue of our identity, it brings in and drags in all of these emotional components. Your identity is really the story that you tell yourself. It's the story that you believed or believe about yourself. So for instance, if you try to change, but you have this underlying belief or you have a story that says you've tried to change, but nothing ever works, that story is going to become your truth. You're going to live out of that. And I don't mean this in like the law of attraction kind of way, but it really does shape your thought process. It shapes what you focus on. And ultimately, it shapes what you take action to do. Now, the thing about our identity is, is that we've made so much of what we do about who we are. And this is a problem because we've attached so many things to our identity that we almost constantly live in this identity crisis because your identity really should be filled with as few things as possible. The more things you try to attach to your identity, the more complicated your life is and the more likely you are to filter all the things you do by what you believe. All the things that you do become a part of what you believe you are. Now, again, this isn't always a bad thing. In fact, having a great identity is foundational to change, but we have to be careful about what we've allowed into that identity. 
If you've allowed as part of your identity the belief that you're never gonna get healthy, it's just in your genetics, then when you try to change or make a healthy change, what happens is, is that you have the belief that you'll never get healthy. So anytime you try to make a healthy change, that becomes a threat against your identity, which probably makes you fail. And in the process of failing, then you only reinforce that belief and cause this kind of deep-seated shame. You really just allow yourself to sit in your shame, to feel the shame. Meanwhile, you protect the shame. So one of the things that's a little bit more difficult is one, we have to understand the story that we tell ourselves. I told you in a few podcasts back, we're gonna talk about this all summer long, building a healthy story because it is foundational in how you live. But we can't overrun our identity with all of these negative stories that we keep repeating. And we also can't keep acting out of that story or trying to work against the identity in which we have. Sometimes we just need to see the things that we do as action we take, not as something that's going to interfere with your identity. Like we have to stop giving so much emotion to the things that we do, and we just have to start doing the things. Now, again, I'm a full believer that almost everything that we do has an emotional component. The difference is, are you creating an emotion or living, acting out of an emotion. And the two are very different. When you take action to create an emotion, that's different, that's more in your control than acting out of a current emotion. And when you make change a part of your identity, a lot of times what happens is you start to act out of how you feel rather than acting to feel differently. And the two are, again, very different. When you act based on how you currently feel, You tend to do rash things, things that are not healthy. You fall off the wagon and you repeat old patterns because your feelings would say, I want to sleep in. I don't want to get up and work out. I don't want to eat that healthy feel or that healthy food. Just once won't hurt you. It's okay. You can do this. You deserve to do this. So your identity is going to start to attach your action based on how you feel. You open up the span And then when you do it, then you start to feel guilty and shameful and it it turns into a whole thing. But when you learn to act outside of your identity, you act because it's what you should do or want to do without the emotional attachment, you can start to understand how taking action, even when you don't feel like it, is actually going to produce the positive feeling that you're looking for. And that actually helps to shift your internal identity. It's not acting out of your identity but it's taking action to help shape your identity based on the things that you really believe. That's like a whole podcast in itself. But really to clarify all that, one of the reasons people have such a hard time changing is because they're acting based on how they currently feel, not how you want to feel. And I'm here to tell you, if you act based on how you want to feel and learning how to do that, you actually create more micro pleasures, more dopamine and serotonin and all the things that are going to keep you coming back for more is going to increase because it comes with a level of fulfillment, not guilt. And, and the more you can do things because of fulfillment, because you took action in a positive way, the more likely you are to come back and repeat those and create the positive experience that's going to enhance your change. So you've got to act based on how you want to feel. Number five, which goes right along with this, is you have to understand the costs associated with change and be willing to pay the price. 
Again, this kind of goes along with you've got to act based on how you want to feel, not how you currently feel. Because if you act based on how you currently feel, there's no really cost associated. You're not aware of the cost associated to that, which there's always a cost associated to that. Everything we do comes with a cost. It's what are we, what price are we willing to pay to achieve the outcome on the backside? Like where is the return of gain on that investment, right? So instead of looking at working out as this pain, this problem, I hate to do it, right? As a negative return, it's recognizing, okay, what does that add to my life? What does that give me? And starting to see the things that you do as yes, there's the cost associated to it. There's a cost of working out. It's hard. It's going to take up time. It's going to push you outside of your comfort zone. But what's the reward on the backside of that? So recognizing that everything you do has a cost. There's a cost to working out and there's a cost to hitting snooze on your alarm clock. It doesn't matter which way you swing it. There's always a cost involved. It's asking yourself, what is worth the cost? And what is going to give me the biggest return on that investment? And when I started to think about this, it really did change the things that I wanted to do because it took, it helped me to see inside of my repeated safe loops that were not always healthy and to recognize there was a cost associated to living there. And I started to weigh the cost and see the negative outcome that was associated. And the negative outcome became more of a threat than the threat of putting on my running shoes and going outside and clearing my head. There was a huge difference for me when I stopped looking at it just as the cost, but what was my investment on the other side? What was the return? Was it negative or was it positive? And when I started to see the things as more positive, the cost that it took went down. It became less of a threat and it actually became more of a pleasure, something that I wanted to look forward to doing. And you can see this in all areas of your right, life, right? Like what is the cost to scrolling social media versus the cost of picking up a book and reading? What is the cost of buying healthy food versus buying convenience food? I mean, there is cost differences, right? In everything that we do, but there is a cost to all of it. What's the reward on the backside? So you need to start to see the cost and all things that you do and start to pick the things, choose the things, be in control of what you do, what is the return on investment into that cost? So those are the five top five reasons people have a hard time changing. And ultimately, again, it always comes back to your safety. If you can start to create change in a positive manner, in a safe place, creating balance within the change that you're trying to do, it is going to go so much more smoothly but it cannot happen by force. So I wrote an email a few weeks back that said, maybe change isn't working because change isn't what you need. And I wrote that and I've come back to it a number of times. And I think again, it's this kind of bigger, bolder statement that is really just saying like, maybe the idea that you need to change is really creating your problem, right? It's, it's creating this idea that you're never going to be satisfied, that you're never going to be accepted at whatever it is that you're living. Now, the problem with just saying that is that it eliminates the need and the room for growth and learning and development that I think that we're all really looking for. Like at the end of the day, I truly believe humans were meant to grow, to learn, to become all throughout life. 
Like, I don't think any of us are going to arrive at anything this side of eternity. There's always going to be an internal longing. In fact, research shows that there's an internal longing that really doesn't ever become satisfied. It's just part of human nature and our drive to be dependent on something else. There's a great book that talks about this called Bittersweet. Um, I'm in the process of reading it, but it really does give us a good picture of this idea of longing. And I think sometimes when we look at change, what we're trying to do is we're trying to fulfill this longing inside of ourselves, and we're attaching all of these emotions that we want to feel with a destination that we think will arrive if we can just do the things that we want to do. That equation is a recipe for disaster. Instead of that, I want you to start thinking about it's not that you don't want to change or shouldn't change. Those are valuable valuable tools that all humans should engage with, but it has to come from the right place. The only way we're truly going to change is if we're in the present state, is if we in some ways accept where we are, acknowledge and accept where we're starting from. The idea of change is like almost escaping your reality, But I'm here to say that in order to change, you have to acknowledge your reality. You have to live in the moment and allow the moment to shape and to grow you into the next moment. So instead of chasing, it's the idea of you have to live. And in the process of living, you're going to start to recognize through this awareness of what's working and what isn't. What is the cost and what's the reward? What is filling me and what isn't? What is making me feel scared or threatened? And what is making me feel safe? And in the process of growing and learning those things, you will change. You will become better because you're taking action and you're living it. That's what it really takes to change. But when you spend all of your time focused on just changing, you're going to be frustrated because you're never going to change because you don't really need to change You just want to grow. You want to become better. You want to feel the things that you think change is going to bring. But as the backwards law states, the more you focus on trying to achieve them, the less likely you are to actually experience them. What you need is just let yourself do it. Like maybe the things that you want to change, you already have. It's just learning how to live them out. I hear all the time, I want to be healthy. I want to get healthy. I want to make the change. Here's your reminder. You have what you need. It's a choice in how you live it out. How right now, what can you do to actually experience the health that you have? Again, it's detaching change from the destination. It's detaching health from the destination and it's recognizing it's an action. You have what you need. Maybe that means you need to slip on your shoes and go out for a hike. Maybe it means you get off social media for a while. Maybe it means you're gonna go buy some groceries and cook yourself a healthy meal. Maybe it means you're going to start working on adjusting your bedtime. Maybe it means you're going to look into buying some minerals. Maybe it means you're going to do more mindset work. Maybe it means you're going to sign up for the Psychology of Change workshop and take a vote for yourself that you can do this, that you are capable, and it's not as difficult as we've made it, but it is different. Because at the end of the day, change is possible for all of us. But change really only happens by living in the present moment. It only happens by actually taking the action that you know it takes to create the destination that you want. But instead of focusing on the destination, you've got to focus on the action and paying attention to what kind of return on investment are you getting from that? Because what you think it might take to change might not actually be the thing that your body needs. 
Maybe it's pushing you into a state of threat and survival, creating the opposite effect of what you're looking for. But the only way to know that is to pay attention to where you are, to what's going on in your body, what's going on in your mind, and really working to create a sense of balance no matter where you are. So that's my bit of encouragement for you is create a new perspective of change. It's not what you think it is, but it's so much more. It's not a chase, it's living. And maybe the best place to start is to recognize why haven't you changed? What has stopped you? Because when you learn what is stopping you from changing in the way that you wanna change, you can start to uncover what feels so unsafe about this. And you can start to work with yourself, work with your beliefs, you can work with your mind to start create a sense of safety within the change. You can start to work to support the whole of who you are which is the only way to create positive outcomes. Focusing less on the outcome, more on the action. Okay, that's it for this podcast. I know it's a big one and it might still feel overwhelming. But again, if you're interested in learning more about change, you've got to sign up for the Psychology of Change workshop because we're gonna talk about the biological and psychological connection, how they influence each other in negative and positive ways. Also share more about why you don't have a hormonal problem. You have a messaging problem. And that messaging problem is really going to be the catalyst for creating the change in your life. So if you want to learn more, head on over to thelivingwell.com and check out all of the live lessons. If you can't make it live, don't worry. There's going to be a replay for every single one. Also a community where we're going to hold each other accountable and do the 30-day nourish challenge together. You can learn more at thelivingwell.com. Also, while you're there, don't forget to check out the blog post because I wrote more on how to create the change that you're looking for. I share more information into the five reasons that you can change and again, give you the action steps to live that out. And before I go, I just want to remind you, do something. That's what it takes to change is do something, not based on how you feel, but based on how you want to feel. If you want to feel healthy, if you want to feel vibrant, if you want to feel energized, what's one thing you can do literally right now to feel that? Then do it again and again and again. Don't worry about the perfection, but live in the moment. Day to day right here is where all the change is going to happen. And if you stay consistent today, it will pay off tomorrow. Okay. I believe in you so much. I hope you love this podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. And if you have three minutes, would you mind leaving a rating and review? You can do that at thelivingwell.com backslash review. Leave a five-star review and why you're loving the show. It means the world to me, and it really does help other people find and hear about the show who otherwise wouldn't. Don't forget, next week, I'm gonna be back on the show as we dive more into understanding change based on trauma patterns and why we get stuck in patterns and how to get ourselves out of it. Okay, I will see you back here. In the meantime, have a wonderful week.